Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and joining me as former UH Cougar softball pitcher and AAC player of the year, but more importantly, diehard Astros fan and follower as we're about to find out. It's Shelby Miller. Excited to have you on for the first time, Shelby. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate the opportunity. I've always wanted to be on a Astros podcast. So, you know, I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited to talk a lot of Astros baseball. I believe you're born in Lake Jackson, grew up in Sweeney. So did you get hooked on the Astros growing up with the Killer Bees and those early 2000s teams? Yeah, I did. Actually, on my, my very first ball team, we were the Astros, and I was number five because Jeff Bagwell was my absolute favorite player. Um, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, um, you know, enough to have been to my first game in the Dome. So, you know, it, it was a blast. My dad watched a lot of baseball, um, and then, you know, being at U of H, getting a lot more involved in Astros baseball. I've kept up with it since then. And um, I mean, it's been a blast. Did you get a chance to meet any of the players when you were with the Cougars? Did, did, is there any interaction that you guys had? No, surprisingly, um, I was actually working in sport, the sports communication department. Um, when Tom Herman, we won the Peach Bowl and all that fun stuff. About the only person I really got to meet was, um, I got to meet James Harden a couple times. So not an Astro, but obviously um, was a great Houston sports for you know, represented Houston sports well. And then, um, you know, the um, the Patriots, when they had the Super Bowl, um, they actually were training at U of H. And so we, we used to get in the top of the softball bleachers during practice, and we got to see them practice on the practice field. And, um, it, I mean, it was a great experience. It was amazing to be a part of. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. And just a quick reminder also before we get going with the current Astros, uh, to everybody watching and listening out there, don't forget to subscribe on the YouTube channel. I've been putting up either a classic interview or a new one every day for the last three months. I'm going to continue to do that. So you're going to want to keep an eye out for that. Uh, let's get to the current Astros and the way they're rolling, Shelby. And the only concern was really with injuries, with the way they've been playing. So then Jordan uh, gets put on the IL this weekend, which was a downer. But Shelby, I'm going to give you three quick reasons this could be a blessing in disguise, the Jordan injury. It's a minor injury, number one, obviously. That's a big one. Number two, the timing of the All-Star break means he misses less games. And the big one for me, number three, he's not going to wear himself out in the home run derby. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one thing I really admire, actually, about Dusty Baker is he's prepared us for October baseball in July. Um, and, you know, as great as Jordan Alvarez has been hitting the ball, um, you know, he's one of the best hitters in baseball right now. Um, you know, we don't need him for July baseball. We don't need him for the all-star game, but we, we are going to want him for October baseball. Uh, the way the Astros are playing right now, fully expected to see him in October. You played softball at, at U of H. So tell me how important it is to get rest every few days. What Dusty does with, you know, put, you know, cause ever, all the fans are frustrated. They want the guys to play every day that you want your best players to play every day. What does it mean to have that day off once a week? You know, our, our off days are on Monday. And I mean, it was still spent in the training room. And obviously, you're still doing some minor things. But, you know, health is crucial. Um, and, you know, a lot of teams, especially the Astros, they're known to be a second half team anyways. Um, you know, just just got to rest up and be ready to go. My co-host Steven and I said Thursday that we thought the Astros All-Stars would be Jordan, Altuve, Verlander, and maybe Fromber. The only surprise for us was Kyle Tucker. That means, Shelby, we got Tucker on the team, but we didn't get our 18-wheel trucker on the team. Ryan, the truck driver, Stanick, as I like to call him, and rocking chair Rafael Montero proved once again 
that middle relief Shelby is a thankless job. Oh man. I mean, Ryan Stanick, 28.2 innings pitch. He's given up two earned runs, a 0.63 ERA. Um, you know, it was really disappointing, you know, when the final uh, rosters came out to not see him on there, totally deserves it. Uh, you know, Dusty's called him our fireman when, when things start to go up in flames, he likes to put Ryan Stanick in there. He, he's been above and beyond expectations this year. Very, very, very disappointing to not see him on the roster. Yeah, that's, it's too bad. And it's frustrating because they, they want to see the, the big numbers, the wins or the saves uh, and, and the middle relief guys get left out in the cold. Uh, here's a trivia question for you. Which Astros starting pitcher has a 1.87 ERA and a 185 batting average against in his last six appearances? He's red hot. Ooh, uh, I don't. I honestly couldn't even tell you that one. <laughs> I think Astros fans would be surprised. It's Jake Odorizzi. Uh, my suggested Astros Twitter. Keep hating on Jake. It's working, people. It's working. It's working. You know, my thing with Jake Odorizzi is as soon as I start to dislike him a little bit, I mean, he came out against the Royals and had a obviously, you know, less than uh, pleasing start. Uh, but then he comes back in his postgame interview and he's just straight up. He was like, I was not good. And so um, came out against athletics, had a great start and, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on the way I feel about Jake Odorizzi, but you know, when, when everybody starts to go against him, he, he rises to the occasion. And so, I mean, he threw phenomenal against the A's this past series. You need six guys. There's going to be injuries. The fact that they're going to have another pitcher in the rotation, maybe going with the six man rotation for a little bit to rest some of the other guys. We talked about it on our last show, but I think it's a big deal. And, you know, we're less than three weeks from the trade deadline. Odorizzi, maybe he's tradable at the trade deadline. I don't know, but uh, let's get to uh, what you think is maybe the Astros should do at the trade deadline. You got Maldonado and Corey Lee, that tandem, they're mashing right now like a machine. The catching machine of Maldonado and Corey Lee are getting it done. Jake Myers hitting over 300 with an 804 PS. I mean, we thought that was going to be a position of, of need. And then Yuli's OPS since June 1st might surprise people if they don't know. It's 764, and since July 1st, it's 805. He's warming up. So, Shelby, what do you do at the trade deadline if you're James Click? What do you need? I'd like to see a lefty in our bullpen. Uh, our bullpens, I mean, obviously they're doing really, really well against right-handed hitters, but, I mean, our lefties on our 40-man are, are in, usually on the injured list right now. So I'd like to see him pick up a left-handed reliever uh, with Lance McCullers coming back. I mean, obviously right now Christian Javier has more than enough earned his spot in our starting lineup, but we really need somebody that's in long relief. Uh, you know, we saw that the other day with Jake Odorizzi start against the Royals. Um, we really didn't have anybody to put in, so we had to throw Jake those four innings before we could start getting into the bullpen. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see um, what the Astros do. You know, uh, I was actually ready for Forrest Whitley to be put on the trade block. Um, he went straight from Fayetteville, and then he went straight up into AAA with um, the, the Space Cowboys, but, you know, he was pulled after 1.2 innings pitched. So, and then, you know, our uh, really good catching prospect that we have right now down in Sugarland is Yanier Diaz. So, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the catching, but I'd really like to see him get a lefty reliever. Yeah, and we, we quietly haven't talked about it. I think it's been sort of under the radar that Blake Taylor 
has basically been out for a while and might not be back this year. If he's back, it's going to be real close to, you know, when you're feeling like you, you're not sure if you're ready for him to be pitching in the playoffs or not. You mentioned Forrest Whitley who suffered that injury, left the space Cowboys game with shoulder inflammation this weekend. And he's pitched in a total of 62 games since he was drafted six years ago. That's basically 10 games a year. And I know they missed a year with, uh, the pandemic, but still not good. And you can add Whitley Shelby to the, what if they were consistently healthy guys in Houston sports, Will Fuller, Arian Foster, Kevin Johnson, Charles Spencer. Does anybody remember him with the Texans way back in the day with the Rockets, Yao Ming and Ralph Sampson and the Astros. There were guys that whose careers just got tragically cut short. Dickie Thon, Don Wilson, J.R. Richard, uh, even Carlos Hernandez who tore his rotator cuff, sliding into second base. That was probably when you were a kid, but he was a guy that we were really excited about. And I'm hoping that Lance McCullers and Forrest Whitley aren't on that list one day, but let's just say it's, it's trending that way with both of those guys. And it's so sad because when you watch Whitley pitch and when you watch Lance McCullers, their stuff is so good. Yeah. I mean, he came out uh, the other day with, with Sugarland. Um, and he ended up throwing like what, 20 pitches. He threw 16 of them for strikes. Um, you know, and then the start before he had thrown 67 pitches and gave up six earned runs. So, you know, he, he has those, those moments where he looks really electric, but I mean, it's what PEDs he's, he's had issues with PEDs and then now he's having issues with inju- injuries, you know, as he may have a, uh, a career of what's the, the guy that we drafted that just had made his first major league appearance. I think his name was Mark Appel. We had, mm-hmm. we had drafted him in the first round. So. Uh, he may be in a situation like that, but definitely really disappointing for him to come out and have that shoulder inflammation injury the other day. Yeah, and and that was a guy that we have heard over and over again that Jeff Lunell, Luno wasn't going to trade him. He was off limits uh, along with Kyle Tucker. Tucker has worked out pretty good. He's in the all-star game, but uh, Whitley has been very, very frustrating all the way around. And uh, any other Astros thoughts, anything that we've missed? You know, as I'm watching this team, it's hard to nitpick. The bullpen looks like one of the best in baseball. The starters looks like one of the best in baseball. Uh, The guys that you were concerned about, like Bregman and Yuli have come around. Uh, You know, they're just so good pretty much everywhere. We want to see Brantley get back. Of course, he's he's missed uh, a few games here, but you know, he's old. So this, this time off, like it might be for Jordan could be good for him just to have some rest here before things really get, because uh, these guys have been playing into October every year. You know, we forget about that, but th- it takes its toll. And, you know, somebody like Brantley at his age, um, it- it's going to help him to have some days off here in the middle of July. You know, I, I had my-, my response on what the Astros are going to do at the trade line. But what do you think they're going to do at the trade line if they do do anything? Or what would you- what moves would you like to see? You could always use another great frontline starting pitcher. I just don't know if there's that guy out there maybe get somebody else in the bullpen, like you said, potentially a lefty or at least somebody that can get lefties out. It doesn't even have to be a lefty. I think sometimes that gets overrated, but somebody that can get lefties out. But, you know, unless you're going to make somebody that's a major upgrade, getting somebody that's maybe at Jake Myers level in center field is not something that helps you a whole lot. I I just don't see them doing anything at the catching position because I think they like Martin Maldonado. And, you know, I I feel like you've got to let Corey Leap play from here on out. I mean, I'm sorry, Jason Castro, and I know the experience and everything like that, but if Maldonado is going to be pitching or catching most of the games, once you get into the playoffs, 
you need somebody that can at least hit off the bench or give you something different besides being terrible coming off the bench as a, as a pinch hitter. But uh, I just can't see them doing anything unless it's something you really got to get a, either a really major pitcher or somebody can get lefties out. And I don't see anything else really that they need. I don't think you need to panic right here. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I agree. Uh, and, and, you know, Martin Maldonado is one of the best game managers behind the plate in Major League Baseball. So having him and Corey Lee kind of team up right now, uh, Corey Lee came out in an interview this week and was saying that he's learning new things every day and being next to Martin Maldonado every day is making him a better player. So uh, I think the future is bright for Corey Lee. Quick story, Shelby, that I want to just throw out there for everybody because Sunday – uh, these people celebrated birthdays this past Sunday. It was Sophia Vergara, Jessica Simpson, and yours truly. I turned, I don't know, 76 years old. I've, I've lost track now. but Happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. And I had a fun day thanks to a couple of friends, but just got to tell a quick story about my most memorable and favorite birthday because it is Astros related. The day I turned 22, I was in Chicago. The plan was to go to watch the Cubs and the Astros at Wrigley Field. My first trip to Wrigley Field. I pull up to the ballpark in the afternoon. The schedule I had seen in the paper, I guess, because this was back when there was papers and that's when you found the schedule out, was uh, it was a night game. When I got out of my car, guy across the street yells, tickets, tickets. So I quickly found out from him that this was actually a double header that was starting just in a couple of hours and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get tickets this close to the game now. And I'd forgotten that there was a rain cancellation earlier in the season. So on my 22nd birthday, on my 22nd birthday, I watched the Astros sweep the Cubs in the first twi-night doubleheader in Wrigley Field history. Luis Gonzalez, anybody who remember him with the Astros, had a double, triple, two home runs that day. They were intentionally walking him by the end of the, <laughs> the doubleheader. Uh, he was not the Luis Gonzalez that was hitting 56 home runs with the Diamondbacks later in his career. BGO had five hits that game. Plus, I got a double dose of Harry Carey singing, take me out to the ball game. The weather was picture perfect. It doesn't get better than that. No, that's uh, that's unbelievable experience. So that's I, I, I haven't had the chance to make the trip to, to Wrigley, but that's definitely one of my dream trips. I got to go sit by the Ivy. What are your ballparks that you're, you would really like to go visit around the majors? Do you have a, a list of, of ones that you're looking to looking forward to seeing? Oh yeah. So I, this, this past, uh, this past year, I actually got to go up to Seattle to the Mariners stadium. Um, it was unbelievable on like the second or third level. You can like walk out onto a boardwalk and overlook um, beautiful field. Um, I'd like to go see, uh, I haven't been to the new globe life, even though I've heard it's just a, uh, uh, another uh, version of Minute Maid Park. So, yeah. and that's pretty close. It's in driving distance, but uh, got to go to Wrigley. Haven't had a chance to go to Fenway yet. We've been talking about it. Uh, I, I'd love to go over to San Fran. That's that's a, a stadium that I'd, I'd love to go see, but um, that's definitely a bucket list road trip is to visit all the parks. What's your, the favorite ballpark that you've been to so far? Have you been to many around the majors at this point? Uh, no been to too many um i mean i really couldn't i couldn't give you a favorite but when i went up to seattle it, it was amazing it was an amazing trip and it was like right when everything was it was just starting to open back up and there wasn't very many people in the ballpark and 
I mean, I sat like one row up from left field and all of my Astro stuff. So I, it was a really cool trip. Yeah, that's great. And by the way, uh, the hat that I'm wearing, if people don't know, this insignia on the hat is the old Astrodome uh, Astros insignia. And that particular uh, little patch that I have on the hat, I had gotten it at a game back when I was a kid. And I just bought another one of the people probably see me wearing another one of these hats. Uh, I They're pretty similar, but I, I just got another hat with uh, uh, I had a couple of them that I found in the junk drawer. So that was that was really cool. And, you know, it's a, one of my favorite things is seeing the old uh, Astrodome emblem that I, I miss a lot. By the way, with that Cubs game that I went to, Shelby, Mark Gray, Sammy Sosa, Ryan Sandberg all played that day for the Cubs. So a lot, a lot of legends. But Hall of Famer Andre Dawson had left the Cubs just prior to that season. I mentioned Dawson because I also share a birthday with the Hawk, Andre Dawson, who just turned 68 a couple of days ago. So happy birthday to Andre Dawson. Oh, he was, oh, he was fun to watch. You have a pretty great birthday. <laughs> um, before we close things out, uh, I want you to tell our listeners what you've been doing since you finished up with the Cougars. Cause I know you've been uh, staying in the game, right? You know, after I graduated from U of H, it uh, ended, ended my career on a great note. Then I went and coached a couple of years in college Coached some college ball at Louisiana Monroe and then at Arkansas Monticello. At Louisiana Monroe, we ended up leaving, leading the Sun Belt Conference in batting average, which had been absolutely dominated by Louisiana Lafayette the past few years. So um, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome way to kick off my coaching career. Um, and then I, I was coaching right here at Galena Park High School. Um, and then I actually just got an academic advisor position at North Shore. So um Pretty excited about that. I'm excited to watch some North Shore football for sure. Um, unbelievable football program there. I mean, it's a, it's a super school. There's 4,500 kids enrolled, 9 through 12. So definitely a different beast to attack. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm happy to be back in the Houston area and um, back around Houston sports. And did you say you're going to be coaching the softball team there at North Shore as well? Yeah, no, I actually, I'm not going to coach this year. So I, uh, it's going to be definitely a lot different. Um, but, um, you know, it's, you know, li li life takes us away sometimes. And, you know, I'm, I, I can enjoy it from a different seat now. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is Astros Twitter for women, because I feel like there's a huge presence out there right now for the, the women of Astros Twitter and what what do you see out there with with the girls and and uh, the women that, you know, are interested Astros fans? Is there enough of, of us talking about it from that angle or are, do the women have enough of a voice? I mean, I've tried over the years to get uh, women on the show, obviously, with I've, I've had Allison Footer on many, many times uh, from MLB.com and. Uh, when Jenny Creech was working with the Chronicle, I used to have her on a, on a regular basis. But, uh, you know, what what do you see as a as a female Astros fan? Well, I mean, I've definitely seen seen it grow. Um, Astros Twitter is amazing. I mean, I've met so many people through Astros Twitter and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of female representation. And like I said, it's continuously growing. I'm, I'm seeing people that, you know, I've grown up with and they're they're on it now and it's just continuously branching out. So, um it's really, really, really fun to see a lot of female MLB fans. Um, and then something I thought it was actually really cool. I'm not sure if you saw the Home Run Derby X representation. I don't know. Did you did you see that it was just in London? No, I missed this. Well, tell me about this. 
So Home Run Derby X, they're doing some kind of, I don't understand it 100% fully, very new. Um, but uh, two girls that actually participated were um, Erica Piancastelli, who I actually got to uh, play against when I was at U of H. She uh, played at McNeese and she's playing professional softball now. Um, and then Alex Hugo, which Alex Hugo played at Georgia, was a phenomenal hitter as well. Uh, played some pro ball, but they're actually participating in these home run derbies. It's teams of four. Um, there's like a le- there's legends for the Dodgers. You had Adrian Gonzalez was their legend, um, and then they've had had some uh, uh, female softball representation. So um, I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I love the way that MLB is starting to implement these kind of things, and it's actually pretty cool to watch. You can watch it on MLB um, TV, but. Yeah, I mean, it's great. The female following in baseball, especially Astros, is phenomenal. Are you getting treated okay by the weirdos on Twitter? Because that's always an issue with sports fans that are of the female persuasion. (laughs) I've never had any problems. Um, I also don't feed into it. I mean, social media is wishy-washy anyways. You, You risk backlash no matter what you post. So, um, sometimes I post stuff, sometimes I don't, but, um, I personally have, haven't had anything, I haven't run into anything, but, you know, I've definitely seen it. Um, and it can get pretty brutal, but, you know, hopefully everybody kind of starts to figure out that we're all kind of going in the same direction and everybody's opinion is their own opinion. And you can disagree and still get along. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just great. It's great to see you. The more people that are on Twitter from all different areas. It's, it's fantastic. And it just seems like, and maybe it's my imagination. It really seems like it's been growing big time over the last couple of years. And and I love it. Um, and I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on with us and talking Astros. And uh, it's just so much fun this year. It's, 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 it's hard to whine about stuff. I mean, the, the Astros Twitter still finds stuff to whine about, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard this year, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the last thing I saw actually on Astros Twitter that everybody or or maybe not everybody, but I saw somebody get riled up about is that, I mean, what have they, they've won like 13 of their last 15 or something like that. I mean, they're, they're winning ball games, but somebody we lost and somebody complained about Dusty Baker. And I was like, we're going to lose some, some ball games. So yeah, they're going to nitpick, but um I mean, they're a blast to watch. Uh, I, I've enjoyed it. They're a blast to keep up with. The community's great. I can't complain. Yeah, Dusty takes his share of hits, and it's amazing because, you know, we just talked about it in our last show, but, you know, he's not eighth on the all-time list and manager wins, which is incredible, and just the, 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 the best guy, and all he does is get to the playoffs every year, and James Click, all he does as the general manager is get to the playoffs every year, so it's fantastic, and uh, I, I guess I'll leave everybody with one a uh, little Astros uh, this week in history. Nolan Ryan got number 4,000, as you and I are talking on Monday, Number strikeout number 4,000. And the only two guys since then have, that have hit 4,000 in strikeouts are Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens, also former Astros. So there you go. It's a pretty nice club to be in. And, uh, it, it, you know, just another great Nolan Ryan memory from uh, his time with the Astros. But uh, once again, Thanks so much, Shelby, for doing this. Really loved having you on the show. No, thank you so much. I, you know, I really enjoyed it, and I mean, I'd love to do this again. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. 
You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 oh.